The tennis world is down under for the first major of 2022. And despite some notable absences, a collection of stars have aligned in Melbourne where history will be made over the next two weeks. A couple Brits stole the show on day two with the reigning U.S. Open champion going three sets and this former U.S. Open champ going five. Plus, no Aussie man or woman has won their home slam in decades. John Wertheim tells you why in today's Unstrung. And look who's back. It's the 2022 Tennis Channel debut of Hall of Famer Andy Roddick. All those stories plus more over the next two hours on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live, presented by GEICO. It is day three of the Australian Open. Welcome to TC Live, presented by GEICO. Our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. Find out the former pro who helped fix Arena Sabalenka's serve, plus Andy Roddick serving up hot takes as always. Here's what's in store today. The draw cut in half. Paula Bedosa on a six-match unbeaten streak. Ash Barty takes on a qualifier. Former champions Rafa Nadal and Naomi Osaka look to make round three. And Alexander Zverev taking on the Aussie John Millman. A lot to get to today as we welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica. Great to have you with us. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer. Martina Navratilova, the Hall of Famer. Lindsey Davenport. And Go from Hall 60 Minutes and Sports <laughs> Illustrated, best-selling author. Yes. Go Hall of Fame. Sean Wertheim. Coming. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> you're, you're, all hall, you're a Hall of Famer to me, John. Uh, a lot to get to today. But as always, we're going to start with what's on your mind. Biggest thing on your mind, Lindsay. Well, it was crazy for those people who were able to see Nick Curios play. Oh, my gosh, have we missed Nick. He played 15 matches. That's all last year. Pulled out of both lead-in events to the Australian Open. And this was utter chaos, his match. Little under two hours, and it had everything. A tweener, Ooh. underhand serve in the beginning part of the match. We saw him go to the stands to take a sip of beer at one point. It was crazy out there. And his opponent, Liam Brody, talked about how the fans were all over him as well during the match. Uh, when you're in Australia, it really takes over the news. Everything that Nick does during the Australian Open, you hear about it at all. It's been so quiet on that front. But it was welcome back to the Curio Circus in his first round match. Circus it was, and uh, as as you said, uh, with Curious, you never know what's going to happen. I, you know, I'm all for gamesmanship and sport, not gamesmanship, sportsman. I mean, a you know, excitement, bring excitement, it. bring it, bring it, make it, it a but, show. And and I'm all for that underhanded serve. Fair enough, whatever they're standing and all that. But doing it between the legs, that's just disrespectful to the opponent. And some somebody like that, I don't think he would be doing it to Rafa or Roger. But anyway, uh, great to have him back. I just wish he would, you know. Do this stuff, but do it in a more respectful way. You guys are such Hall of Famers. Ah. We, we just had <laughs> two weeks of the number one player in the world create this international diplomatic crisis. Ah, the, the warm bath of Nick Curios debates. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's Australian. It's a big occasion for him. He hasn't played in a while. I mean, I, I think you raise a good point. You both do Hall of Famers. I, I think the one issue is... The opponent. I mean, here's a guy on the other side of the net who had to qualify. He's outside exactly. the top 100. He does not have talent to burn, Liam Brody. Yeah. He's a guy, he's had surgery. He's happy just to be out there. So if Nick's not going to do this against the top players, he wouldn't do it against Roger and Rafa Novak. 
I don't think it's really cool to do it against a guy who's just happy to be in the main draw. Question is, does he do it against Medvedev yeah. in the next round? That Let's could get it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nick, go Nick, for it. Nick's out there to have fun. This is this is his show. John Kane Arena is his stadium. Uh, this is this is you know this is his major of the year, right? I mean, these are yep. his people. Yep. Said, hope you enjoyed the show. He won in straight sets. Now he gets to take he on the world number or... two, yep. who he's never I, lost to, by the way, two and zero. I, I don't think we see it though. I, I think you're right. I think there also is a sort of sense of reverence, and this this is a guy who's won a major, and it's it's a bit ironic. But it's e- easy to underarm sort of Liam Brody. Like let's let's see what you do with the crowd yeah. when you've got the highest seed in the draw on the other side of the net. On the Rod Labor Arena. On the I'm big sure show. Yeah. I, I don't know. I say they go on McCain. Yeah, I can Kane, Kane, not John Kane. John Kane. <laughs> no, I think Nick pushes for John Kane. <laughs> yeah. He's all he always yeah. does that. Saying, yeah. People's or courts, they, right? They yeah. Put him there against team. Yeah, put him there on some big matches. Can we, we're, we're all talking about it. We're all having a good discussion. Yeah, I mean, that's part part of the yeah. appeal, but all, I mean, true. It detracts from the tennis at the same time. We like talking about it. It's also good tennis. I mean, let's not get right. He, he crushed him on the court. Uh, tennis Australia, they'll have a decision to make whether they put him on that court. Tennis Australia also bearing some of the blame for what happened to Novak Djokovic earlier this week. They issued this statement last night. Uh, we recognize that recent events have been a significant distraction for everyone, and we deeply regret the impact this had on all players. We, like the players and all tennis fans here and around the world, are keen for the focus to now be on the game we are all so passionate about. What do you make of this, Martina? I think it's one word short of word salad. It just doesn't (laughs) tell me anything at all, really. That is just so blah. Why bother? Well, why bother? Glad that we're talking about tennis, finally. Well, I mean, that's part of it, though. Timing's a little odd, wouldn't you say? I mean, where, where, where was that a week ago when this was completely consuming and subsuming the whole tournament? I'm not sure you need a statement like that while Nick Kyrgios and Andy Murray and Emma Raducanu were out playing. So it, not, not a lot of substance there, but also interesting timing. timing. It was all, they were forced to say something, so they said basically nothing in a statement <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. So <laughs> I guess they get the credit for finally speaking out and not taking a side or doing really anything. Yeah, I mean, why would it take so long to say so little? Exactly. Because lawyers, right? Because lawyers. lawyers. There will be lawyers, as Andrew Brandt says. Uh, (laughs) Shout out there. A lot of highlights to get to today. Here's what else coming up on TC Live. Day two interviews here from Emma Raducanu. That's right, here from Daniil Medvedev. Plus, it's been more than 40 years since an Aussie won the singles title in Australia. John tells you why. And Andy Roddick has the answers about everything, because he's the man. Plus, how will Daniil Medvedev deal with the new situation as the highest seed in a major draw? Can he go back-to-back at slams? We're back after this. TC Live at the Australian Open is presented by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve back on TC Live presented by Geico. Taking a look at our daily schedule. The four of us with you every day. Tennis Channel Live, 5 p.m. Eastern for two hours leading up to live tennis on ESPN+. And then Brett Haber and Paul Anacone have your encore coverage at 7 a.m. Eastern. 
course, there are a lot of big matches coming up today, but we got to get you caught up on everything that happened yesterday, including a couple of the top contenders on the men's side. That means now the highest ranked player on the men's side, Daniil Medvedev, the last man to win a major, raising his first Grand Slam trophy at the U.S. Open last year. And with Novak Djokovic out, the Russian is the highest ranked player in the draw, looking to improve on his runner-up showing from 2021. Medvedev says he likes pressure, Martina. He did not face a whole lot of it against Henry Laksanen. No, Henry Laksanen ranked 90-something in the world. It really couldn't get in much trouble as Medvedev looked pretty comfortable. I'm glad we get to do these highlights because we can't watch anything it's live because ESPN is behind a paywall. I think I'm going to buy that just for the tournament. That, that's what they're hoping. I can't watch any tennis, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it with you guys for the first time. Uh, anyhow, uh, Medvedev in the net 10 of 20 times, just really solid tennis, uh, never lost serve, and uh, just looked really comfortable out there. Just going very business-like uh, performance from uh, Donald Medvedev. Got a little close in the in the third set, but still straight set win. Medvedev talking about his next opponent. You've heard of him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a character. Uh, and, you know, I think probably like almost everybody in the world, there are some things uh, I adore in what he does and some things I don't like. I'm not going to tell what exactly, but as you say, you know, he's, he's kind of going uh, to extreme almost all the time he's on court. That's why people uh, love to watch him. Even if they hate him, they love to watch him. And that's, uh, that's his strengths. Um, and uh, yeah, so as I say, not talking about my attitude to him, I think he's a great guy out, out of the court. On court, some things I like, some things I don't. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I can say this probably about many players on tour. <laughs> but get, get Daniil on the couch for the A block, right? It, part of the conversation. Uh, Two-time Australian Open semifinalist Stefano Tsitsipas coming in with some concerns, John, about his elbow. Didn't look to have any issues against Michael Lemur. Yeah, he's got to be really pleased with this because remember, first two weeks of the year, a lot of elbow talk out of Tsitsipas on the near court with the Baskin-Robbins top. And uh, no, I mean, you bite your way into a tournament. This is a good way to do it. He's playing an opponent born within a few days. So two, two guys, uh, both 23 years old, but really very little trouble from Sitsipas. 30 winners served pretty well. He broke serve in each of the three sets. And really, this was two players on two very different planes. And uh, his reward, number 88, Sebastian Baez. So the, uh, the the smooth asphalt payment of the draw is going to match that of the court. Very nice first match for Stefanos. Bill Walton approving that shirt, oh, for sure. Right? Grateful good Dead. Call. It's kind of good linear tie-dye. I like yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down. I like that. I like I'm down with that ice cream call. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lindsay, what stood out to you about Daniil Medvedev in his match? I, it's so important for him to kind of everything's been kind of chaotic for all these players to have to deal with. He just needs to get through his draw, take care of business, never win a major the first week. You can lose it. He got through pretty comfortably. He likes these conditions as well. He's good on a fast court. He's moving well. His serve is going to be very tough to break. He gets a lot of free points on it. I thought it was a perfect first match for him to play, but things will get radically different in the second round against Kyrgios. I mean, Kyrgios has the ability to beat anybody at any time, three out of five yep. sets. Maybe not. We'll have to see. But it'll be a circus, and Medvedev will see if he's up for it. It's been a long time since somebody won a major and then backed it up. Nadal hasn't done it. Federer hasn't done it. Novak Djokovic hasn't done it. This could be two in a row. A finalist last year, and the guy who beat him is not in the draw. This Kyrgios match, though, 
I think temperamentally it's very interesting. But if you were going to look at 128 names on the draw, who's one player that Nick Kyrgios is not going to be intimidated by antics? i got to say Medvedev right up there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but this is not someone who's going to shy away from Kyrgios's underarm serve and behind-the-back plays. Medvedev, I mean, he likes to bring, on, bring yeah, it exactly. on to the crowd, exactly. right? So it'll be interesting to see if that happens, if they start yelling at him the way you're yelling at Liam Brody. But I like, I love the way he plays. It's just such a busy racket head, but he always mm. knows where the, where the point of contact is. But it seems he's a little more clean the ground strokes are a little bit more clean, which is, is good for him. Not Absolutely. as edgy either. Remember how edgy yeah, he was? Yeah, yeah. He, was yeah. he kicked his coach yeah. out and he was all angsty yeah. when he was yeah. playing. Yeah. No. That seems to have left a little bit. I think he it likes has. where he is. I think he likes being the top seed in the tournament. I think, he, I think he'll wear that mantle well. I absolutely agree. And, and I think, Martina, that's a good point. The, the crowd being against him could actually yeah. help him. Right. Exactly. Like, come on. <laughs> On the women's side, we had the most anticipated first-round matchup. You had the reigning U.S. Open champ against the 2017 U.S. Open champ. Emma Raducanu looking for her first win of the year. Sloane Stephens, she just got married. This would not be a honeymoon in the first set, Lindsay. Fastest first set, uh, really almost of all time. 15 minutes, Sloane Stephens won a total of four points in that opening set. But credit to Stephens, who early in the second set was able to turn things around. She started just getting more consistent, trying to move a little bit better. She also got used to the pace, not only the speed of the court, but also the pace of Raducanu's ground strokes. Once she was dialed in, she made a match of it. Then she left the court for seven minutes, and all the momentum went down the toilet with her bathroom break. Nine errors in the, yeah, in the first three or four games, and Raducanu able to settle down, gets off to a three-love lead, and then played much better tennis and was able to cruise through that final set. Some good rallies in this match. Raducanu talked about it being a physical battle, but Sloan a little bit underdone. First match of the season, just got married, and Raducanu, man, she wanted this. Look at that reaction. First win at the Australian Open. Sloan has now lost in the first round here in six of her last seven appearances. Let's hear from both of them. I executed my game plan pretty well and was making very little unforced errors. But of course, because Sloane is is a great champion, I mean, she was fighting back in the second set and her defensive skills were pretty inspiring, actually, for me to try and replicate myself later on. Um, so we got into some long rallies and she turned it around. And then in the third set, I'm just glad I could regroup and and uh, make less errors again and play play some good tennis. Um, well, I think obviously the first match of the year is always tough, um, a very tough matchup in playing Emma. And um, I think, yeah, I, I didn't think that I played poorly. Um, I think she just played better today. And I think, um, yeah, like I said, it's the first match of the year for me, so I can't be too disappointed. Well, Martina, we talked about Emma Raducanu and what she was going through coming into this match. How big of a deal was this win for her? I think it was massive. I mean, having lost so many matches, only won two, lost four in her last four tournaments, expectations massive, obviously, everywhere, particularly in the tennis world. And uh, and she handled herself really well, especially after winning a set like that. It's so easy for the opponent to say, okay, no, screw it, I'm, I'm going for it. And and she held her, held her own. And I think this is really big for her for, for the rest of the year, actually. So, so go back to Wimbledon where Emma Raducanu has her breakthrough and then she, she had to withdraw. She wins the U.S. Open after qualifying. She wins here. 
I think Majors Emma Raducanu is a much better player than run-of-the-mill events. Remember, she went 2-4 and four between the U.S. Open and here. Now she beats a major champion. Big win for her. Bit of a strange match. That, that scoreline is not one you see often, but uh, credit her for, for winning a match that you know, you know a must-win match when you're, when you're a teenager, but that's, that's a big win for her. Yeah, it really is, and she's done great these last few months talking about how I'm not really worried about anything. I know it's a long process, but it doesn't matter. You still hear those voices. You mm -hmm. still hear everyone saying, oh, was it a fluke, or is she going to play that well again? So this was a big match for her just to get through. You could see it in her reaction. You could see it in her approach. Got to remember, COVID set her back a little bit in late December, so she arrived in Australia not quite ready, didn't play great at all. Obviously, in Sydney, only won one game. But she was ready for this match. I think that says a lot about her and also her mental ability. It's yeah. not easy to kind of tune all of that chaos out and still go out and execute with a tough draw at a major. Give her a lot of credit. Yep. She's a baller. Uh, gets Danka Kovinich next. So it doesn't get any easier. No, Another solid opponent there for Emma Raducanu. How about the other finalist from the U.S. Open last year? The Canadian, Leila Fernandez, playing Aussie wildcard Madison Inglis. Fernandez has also struggled on court since her run in New York, Martina, and that continued in this match. Leila Fernandez looked really stiff. I think the pressure from getting to the finals of the US Open, the expectations, just didn't move her feet that well. She's she's such a good mover on the court. She just looked really uh, nervous and uh, and stressed, and had three times as many unforced errors. I think seven winners and like 30 something unforced errors. Madison Inglis ranked 121 in the world. It's the biggest win of her career. It's another easy miss there for Leila Fernandez. Just didn't have it today. It's interesting. She said, I felt fine, but today was just not my day. But Coco said. Hmm. Yeah, and both lost by the same scoreline, by the way. So Fernandez out of the tournament, 6-4-6-2, former Australian Open finalist. Garbina Muguruza looking to win her 10th straight opener in Melbourne. As you predicted, Linz, no trouble with Clara Burrell. Yeah, doesn't Muguruza look good? Martina told us earlier in the week, don't sleep on Badosa and do not sleep on Muguruza. With her game, but also her mentality, taking short balls, being able to move forward. On this quick court, that is going to serve her well. She's got an aggressive mindset. She's feeling good. She's very fit. When she's focused, we saw at the beginning of last year, we saw at the end of last year. Uh, gosh, she's looking good. I wouldn't want to bet against her right now. 22 winners, 27 points at net, Muguruza. Alize Cornet coming up for the Spaniard. Meantime, back on the men's side, how about Andy Murray? Back on the same court we, where he announced basically that he would be retiring three years ago, taking on Nicholas Basilashvili. Uh, it was worth the wait. Yeah, they asked Murray if he felt sentimental returning to that court. No. Um, the, the good news, if you're an Andy Murray fan, is uh, it's the third time he's met this opponent in the last year. Seated player, Andy Murray played well from the ground. I mean, the bad news is just keep, keep an eye on the scoreline and the time of match in the back of the court because uh, for a guy we, we talk about this all the time how it really behooves him to get through these matches quickly and uh, that has not been the case this was a physical match this was an emotional match this was a real match of contrast I mean you look at Andy Murray and his composed strategic tennis that's what's really just sometimes he nail shots like that and you say who could beat this guy with this kind of force and this kind of accuracy off the ground other times the guy is missing wildly 99 unforced errors for Basilich Billy. Murray had fewer than half on him out. That's number 99. Murray advances. The bad news, 352, long match time. The good news, Caro Daniel in the second round. I uh, can't argue with that.
First win at the Australian Open since 2017. There's a four-time runner-up in Melbourne, Lindsay. And he said afterward, I would love to have a deep run here if possible. What do you think? Yeah, you have to say, why not? I mean, if you're going to pick a seed in the first round, he probably got one that he would want to get through. Now his draw opens up a little bit. John is talking about time on court. And sometimes, though, matches and wins are, are just too big to kind of maybe worry about that if you're Murray. You've got 48 hours to try and recover, to go at it again. This means more to him than anything career-wise. And he wants to do well at a major again. He's so excited to get through. It was fun to watch him out there. It was, it was so interesting. His, his former coach, Jamie Delgado, spoke about a couple of years ago, that montage they played for him, yeah. and him telling Tennis Australia before the match, please don't play this. He wants to try and come back. So I think for Murray, it, it was perfect to be able to go back out on the court, get a win all these years later, and say, I am still going for the titles. Into such a competitor, you just love to see it. And I think if if you look at the dictionary, perseverance, Andy mm. Murray's picture could be there because most would not have even tried to come back. I mean, he played on one leg for a couple of years, but now he's kind of gotten used to it. And what a competitor. I, I, yeah, he could have a deep run here. I'd love to see him um, win another one or two. Uh, matches, that is. He won't win. Majors uh, as well? Probably not. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't well. put it past him. And on this court, it's fast. Yeah. So yeah. it favors the big hitters, which Andy is not, but his big shots pay off on mm. this court. And he's smart enough. He knows, of course, how to play on the faster courts. So this court should be favoring for him. For the match, for the longer matches, particularly, he, he has not won a best of five match in straight sets since his return. But I, I like what you said, which is so people like me say reflexively, spend a long time on the court. You know, he's, he's got the artificial hip. I, I wonder if this doesn't imbue him with some confidence. Look, I can beat a seed in four hours, and he, you know, he looked relieved, but. Maybe that gives him some, some confidence and some more sense of knowledge about his body. Let's see what he looks like on the next match. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, we've yeah. seen him play long matches, and at the end, you can you almost feel his pain because he looks like physically. I didn't get that sense at all yesterday in that match. Even though he lost the fourth in a breaker, had some chances, he was fresher in the fifth than Basilashvili. Mm -hmm. So a lot of credit to Murray. Let's hope he wakes up feeling good. But he knows how to take care of his body. I think he's actually going to be okay physically. I think we need to stop this segment because Martina's going to download Disney Plus and expense it to Tennis <laughs> Channel. <laughs> it's, it's a different one. <laughs> All right, much more still to come here on TC Live. This is the only place where you can get Andy Roddick. We got two segments with the Hall of Famer right here. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, it is the sudden and unexplained loss of ability to execute certain skills in experienced athletes. The yips. Example A, world number two, Arena Sabalenka. 39 double faults in her first two matches this year. 74 in her last four matches overall. And by the way, the serve, one of her biggest weapons. Could she fix it? Let's delve deeper into the suspect serving of Arena Sabalenka. That is the subject of our tennis topics. How do you regain confidence when you step to the line after that? I'm going to go to still... Martina. Well, <laughs> in those highlights, there, there was, was different techniques. Some, some yeah. serve, mm -hmm. she wasn't even putting her foot together, which she don't, normally does. Just looked totally lost technically, never mind mentally. Uh, reps, you have got to do reps. Hopefully the toss is there. The toss wasn't the problem. Usually mm -hmm. that's the problem for people. That's when their serves fall apart. But uh, it's hard to fix quickly, but... We'll see. We talked about it 
was it yesterday, that it's almost all mental. When you've done it for so long and you're able to serve and make serves, it doesn't just disappear. But Martina, it seemed like she got it together in this match, her opening match. She did, she had 15 double falls, but, uh, but they came, uh, 13 came beginning of the match. We lost the first set 7-5 and was done 3-1 in the second. So 13 of those 15 double faults came then. Storm Sanders, too many gimmies from Sabalenka. And Storm Sanders had the crowd behind her. She's a smart player. She's better than her ranking. I think she's got really good hands. And Sabalenka almost takes her head off there and apologizes, really. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you with it. Whatever. Anyway, uh, but Sabalenka got it together nicely, pulls back, really fought her way into the match, and then cleaned up those serving errors and at the end played really well. Battled through, kept going for her shots. But the biggest thing was, again, cleaning the serve. See, there, there was no problem with that serve. I just don't know what happened to that technique. Forget the nerve. I think she was just trying anything. She Maybe was she, the yeah. kitchen sink, how do I get this in? went underhand. I want the Martina stream okay. of conscious, like yeah. just for the rest of my life. Um, 12 double faults, but half of those were in the first set, Six and then the it went first. down to four, yeah. and then two. It got better. She was down a set in 3-1, yeah. and something she found back. it. She talked about also, Steve, in the post-match, how she's worked. she reached out to Mark Filipusis in he Adelaide. He reached out to her. Right. Sorry, yes, they connected yeah. in Adelaide. He was there doing TV. And it was so funny because when we heard that, it was like, I can totally see that. I bet you Philippoussis was watching her saying, yeah. I can see part of myself in her, this great serve, this big forehand, all this power. And he's an amazing person, such a sweet soul, and went and offered her help, and right. hopefully that helps her. That, that, first of all, is a really interesting comp in terms of two players, not dissimilar games, not dissimilar approaches. I've heard the same thing. I mean, Mark Philippoussis is absolutely beloved within tennis, and I think... If she cleans up that serve, she's a number two seed. I mean, we're, we're not talking yeah. about some, some run-of-the-mill player who's having the yips. I mean, this is someone who, but for that serve, we'd be talking about her as one of the trophy hunters. This court is perfect for her. If the yeah, serve exactly. Yeah. But Mark, yeah. when you said Mark Filippo says, oh my, she's an identical motion yeah. to Mark's. And yeah. he had a beautiful serve. That's a really nice guy. So that's, uh, that's really cool of him to do that. And it may make all the difference. Yeah, they became friends at Wimbledon a few years ago. And then he saw her play. What felt horrible about what she was going through, reached out, sent her a text, they worked on the serve, and, and here we are right now. Yeah. Two doubles in the last set. And you also got to credit Sabalenka's team. I would love to see a team that's open yeah. to hearing yeah, yeah, yeah. their advice, because sometimes they're so close, they're, anything that you right. can do to help our players yeah. would be amazing. Love that. The Scud, 6,700 yep. plus aces in his <laughs> career. All right, back to the men. Let's look at Diego Schwartzman. Ooh. Facing Philip Krajinovich, John, for the very first time. An interesting uh, segue here. This, this is the anti-scud in uh, the yellow on the far court. This is our 13th seed, Diego Schwartzman, who is so solid off the ground but goes matches without an ace, which has really in some ways inhibited his game yesterday. A barrage, I mean, absolute power, three aces. Um, but it got the job done. Krajinovic is a very nice player and actually was the first player out of seeding. So uh, that's a tough draw for Schwartzman. First two sets, very solid, a break in each. Things got a little tricky in the third, and we might be able to see it here. He had a bit of a tweak on a quad muscle. That's a nice, look at that. Gravity's rainbow. Martina, did you see that top side? That was love? beautiful. That was beautiful mean. shot. This is why we love uh, Diego Schwartzman. Gets through it with that quad injury. Actually needed a, uh, a trainer call late in the match, but gets through. A little limp there at the net. You can see the 13th seed into the second round. We'll see how he comes back, though, from that, uh, from that injury. Yeah. How about the five-seed, Lindsay? Andre Rublev making his 2022 debut. Remember, he couldn't play the ATP Cup because he had COVID. 
Got to the quarterfinals here last year. He had absolutely no trouble at all with Gianluca Monger. Yeah, and the two players that were also affected by Novak were Cam Nori and Andre Rublev, because both of them would have moved yeah, in the draw yeah. if Novak, if they hadn't released the schedule yeah, play, but for Rublev. Rublev Gosh, he looked good. Just thumping ground strokes, hour 24 minutes to get through this match. He's such a great hitter and ball striker, and his ability on these fast courts. We'll see if he can serve his way, get enough free points as this tournament goes on, but he didn't move. He finds himself still in that bottom portion of the draw. He's an outsider, I think. Yeah, look, this is a four-time major quarterfinalist. He has seen fellow Russian Medvedev win a slam. Fellow Russian Aslan Karatsev not ranked as high, get to a semifinal. He's in career high five in the world. Is, is this the year that he breaks through, gets to that elite, elite echelon? This this faster court would be perfect for him. He loves the hard courts, and uh, the big hitting certainly pays off. So if he can keep it together here, he, he gets yeah. a little too upset sometimes. Mm, exactly. But he's such a perfectionist. He expects so much of himself that can get in the way. So if he can keep this together, I think, yeah, definitely a threat, no doubt. Yep. Great start for Andre Rublev. We've got Ash Barty getting ready to go. Walking into Melbourne Park. It is the world number one. She is the top seed for the third straight year. Ranked number one for the 111th straight week. More TC Live after this. There's Rafa. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Plus, all customers can play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code ACE and buy Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Welcome back to TC Live. I'm Steve Weissman. Back in 2014, Matteo Berrettini had to qualify for Australian Open Juniors, while Stefan Kozlov was the two seed. Nearly a decade later, the roles are reversed as the American wildcard goes for his first top 10 win today against the Italian. You can find great stories like that on Tennis.com, your online source for all the information you need to follow the sport in 2022. Right now, David Kane writes about the Sabalenka serve, and Matt Fitzgerald has the first round five-set rundown. For today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Hey, everybody. I'm meteorologist Nick Koser, and here's your Australian Open weather forecast. It's a gorgeous day in Melbourne, warming up to 86 degrees with clear skies, lots of sun, and a light breeze. To download the Fox Weather app, go to foxweather.com. All right, thanks, Nick. When Ash Barty was born, well, no Australian woman had won a title at their home slam in over 40 years. Can she break the streak? Welcome back. The Australian coastline is where three of the world's great oceans meet. And while people come to see the Rocky Apostles, they have not witnessed the disciples of labor and court rise to the same heights at home. John Wertheim on a nation surrounded by water facing an epic drought. Over the past four decades, even as tennis has gone relentlessly global, Australia has remained a pillar of the sport. On both the men's side and on the women's, 
Australians have reached the top spot in the rankings. And Aussies have been champs at Wimbledon, in New York, and on the clay of Paris. What's more, Australia has given us tennis characters, Hall of Fame doubles players, and killer coaches. The Australian Open has grown immeasurably and is now on par with the other majors. But here's a tennis feat Australia hasn't achieved over the last four decades, serving up a homegrown singles winner at the Australian Open. There have been a few close calls. Leighton Hewitt reached the finals. Pat Cash made the last round two straight years. And another Aussie Pat, Rafter, reached the semi. But the last time an Aussie won the title here? Well, it makes for a good bit of trivia. For the men, it was Mark Edmondson in 1976. For the women, well, you win if you knew the answer was Chris O'Neill in 1978. More interesting, the why. Why has it been so long since Aussies have done in Melbourne what they've successfully done elsewhere? Well, there have been some rough draws, great players from other countries, and there have been some rough conditions. And remember, Australia is home to just 25 million citizens, a smaller population than that of Texas. And therein might lie the best explanation. This island is by far the smallest of the four Grand Slam nations. So when the show comes to town, it's a big deal. And local players take the court freighted with pressure. Pat Rafter has talked about it, and so has Mark Philippoussis, a finalist in New York and at Wimbledon who never got beyond round four in Melbourne. You've heard of a home court advantage? This sport can offer the opposite effect. It's a beautiful court uh, in front of the packed house. There's nothing better. And here now comes Ash Barton the first Aussie woman in the open era to enter her home major as the top seed. We'll see if she can reverse the curse. Never mind seven opponents, she'll need to triumph over an eager and attentive sporting public. That's what it will take for a local to come good, and as they say here, finally come up over, down under. Well, get this. In the 21 years prior to Chris O'Neill winning in 1978, 18 titles were won by Aussies. And in the 25 years prior to Mark Edmondson winning in 1976, 22 were won by Aussies. Since then, zero. Zilch, nada. As we welcome you back onto our desk here. Changing locations on TC Live. We've got John Wertheim, Martina Navratilova. And Martina, you were saying if you had gone in 1978, well, it would have been a longer drought. <laughs> uh, perhaps. But uh, Mark Edmondson be John Newcomb. So either way, it was going to be an Aussie that won. But uh, yeah, the drought is a bit inexplicable. But I think if they stayed on grass, they would have had more. Mm. Going to the slower rebound days for the number of years that I played on, I hated that court. Bounced over your head. Uh, and uh, that didn't help. Slow, 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 slow bounces. So uh, I think the court, as well as just things go in cycles anyway, and the rest of the world caught up to the Aussies. That's, I mean, you, you say surface, I'll give you two other S words. Uh, what about scope and, uh, and, and sort of swing? I mean, the, the fact that this has become equal to the other four majors, I think, adds local pressure. This is not the, the national championship that's kind of a, a clever event on grass and everybody can go. I mean, this is a large-scale global sporting event. It is huge news in Australia. You know, that, that is not the first time we have aired that piece. We, we just sort of tweak it because every year uh, the thesis holds. Here's Ash Barty for the third year in a row. She's the number one seed. Two years ago, you'll remember, 
clearly felt the pressure and, and lost a match candidly. She probably should have won against Sonia Kennan. Last year, she played deep. If you recall, lost a match. She probably should have won against Muhova. It seems as though for Australian players, you know, I mean, Pat Cash got to the finals. Leighton Hewitt got to the finals. I mean, there have been some close calls. But I think as this has become a global sporting event, it is added to the attention in Australia, and it's added to the pressure of the local players. Uh, Aussies, in general, just seem pretty chill. But, but how much pressure is on Ash Barty to win this title? Uh, huge pressure. We saw how Sam Stosser couldn't handle it. By the way, she won her first-round match after losing her first but, but, set. Wait, hold but that, she though. hasn't won that many Exactly. I mean, she was a favorite mm -hmm. here. She could not deal with it at all. Ash Barty had done better than, than Sam, also a better, better player. But I think maybe the last two years, the way it played out, maybe now she'll be better mm. at handling it. Also, the faster courts helps her on right. that front because it's easier to win points. So maybe the pressure won't be quite as stifling for her. Right. She spent so much time at number one, uh, 111, yeah. 112 weeks at number one after this tournament's over. That's eighth all time. On the men's side, a different story. We really haven't had somebody since you mentioned. Pat Cash got to the final there a couple times. Pat Rafter, semifinals once. Leighton late oh, Hewitt, late Hewitt got to a final. Well, uh, as well, but yeah. Alex DiMinor is, is your highest ranked on the men's side at 42. I mean, you, you don't think no. of him as a contender. Maybe Nick Kyrgios say, could be more of a contender. Uh, He's not even pictured there's, here. There's one player who does not even make this, this top five. This is obviously strictly by ranking. I think objectively Nick Kyrgios might probably be the best chance out of that five. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there actually is a disguised blessing. No one's picking you know when Pat Rafter played it was could he win when Leighton Hewitt number one in the world can he win no one's saying that necessarily about guys like Alex Diminor if they can get to week two and get some momentum and the crowd it'll become a national story but in a way sort of the, the pressure's off I mean a, a week yeah, two absolutely. showing by any of those five even by Nick Kyrgios if Nick Kyrgios ends up beating Medvedev that's ball game <laughs> Ash Barty's a number I mean she's she's got that top line on the draw sheet I, I that's should, totally different yeah. Ash should win uh, one one day if not this yeah. year uh, the Aussies guys, they're just not good enough. That's that simple. Huh? Pressure has nothing to do with it at the moment. You know what? I hope we don't have to air that piece in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hoping Ash Barty gets the title <laughs> this year. <laughs> Break that streak. We'll Go write Ash. something new. A lot more still to come here on TC Live. We've got Andy Roddick giving us his picks to win. Does he pick Ash Barty to take the title? We'll find out. All the Americans in action. We'll get their highlights. And how about Lolo Jones, warm and fuzzy with Matteo Berrettini. There's A-Rod standing by. Lindsay and I get the lowdown from Roddick next. Australian Open. Welcome back to TC Live. Take a look at our featured matches. Paula Bedosa riding a six-match unbeaten streak, facing another former Roland Garros quarterfinalist. Ash Barty takes on a qualifier. Former champions Rafa Nadal and Naomi Osaka look to make round three. And Alexander Zverev plays the Aussie John Millman. As we welcome you over to the desk, Stephen Lindsay back with you. And Lindsay, this is a fun time. We have our friend. Coming on. When was the last time we saw our friend? It's been a while. I, I haven't seen our friend in a long time. It's been a hot minute. Look, look there's our friend. <laughs> it's the Hall of Famer. The man, the myth, the legend. Yes, bring it in. Oh, and he dressed uh, up for us, uh, like always. <laughs> Can we get you a shirt? <laughs> and you're chewing gum. Yeah. I'm not. It's a, it's a, it's a cough chop, Lindsay. It's a, it's a, whatever. Let's move on. 
Uh, hope, hope you're feeling well. It, it's great to see you, Andy, making your, your 2022 TC Live debut. Once again, th that is your, that's the Andy big screen. It's for his face. Uh, we, we got a lot to talk about today, Andy. It's only day three, but a lot of storylines. First, before anything else, kind of want to get your opinion on everything that went down with Novak Djokovic. I haven't heard anything about it, Steve. Is it in the news? Uh, yeah, he's it's, no longer in Australia. <laughs> man, it's, you know, you know what? It's one, of, it's one of those stories that there were just no winners, right? Every person involved with the entire thing uh, made mistakes uh, along the way. And he kind of, there was one solution, one safe way to go. He chose not to do that, like 99% uh, of the other players. If you're going to do that, your paperwork has to be in order. Your timelines have to be in order. Uh, the, the, the way they detained him and everything else, he got kind of caught up in the political nature of Australia. But, you know, it, 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 they said months ago, vaccinated, you're fine. If you're not vaxxed, it's going to be a, a little bit of a, ebb and flow and then all of a sudden when you do go to court everything becomes public we know when you tested positive we know when your result came in all of a sudden you put the pieces together in the aftermath it didn't look so hot as far as his activity uh, after it. Um, it it was just no good for anyone or anything the Australian Open is not better you know all publicity is good publicity except for this story um, you know so it, it was just it was kind of an ugly scenario all around I, I, I feel a sense of relief that we're actually in the tournament and kind of can kind of pay attention to, to something else now. Okay, with Novak now not in the draw, not able to defend his title, who are your favorites on the men's side? It, obviously, it starts with, with Medvedev. He's shown us that he can do it. Uh, I, it, it also, it kind of feels like Zverev's time, right? For a while, we knew the potential was there. He went up. He struggled a little bit, had the yips with the serve. It looks like he's gotten past that. Had an unbelievable run. Uh, post-Wimbledon last year, running through to the uh, uh, Olympic gold, uh, Cincinnati, playing a great five-setter against Novak, one of the best Grand Slam matches I've seen, even though he lost, following it up with a year-end championship title, out of the gate strong uh, this year. Uh, it looks like his time is here. We've been looking at him for a while. Uh, Zverev looks very good. Okay, so did you see Kyrgios play his first-round match? Did you hear about it, the circus yeah, that it was? I, I, it, that's surprising. I thought it was just going to be a very mundane, <laughs> you know, quiet affair. You know, he normally doesn't do anything that garners any attention. So, you know, I don't know. Okay, so can he give Medvedev any trouble in the second round match? Quick courts, the crowd behind him. Is that a danger to Medvedev at all? Well, I think he could in a two out of three set match. Um, you know, I, Kyrgios largely says, listen, I don't put in the hard yards. I'm just here to entertain. I like what I do. And, and here we are. Can his body hold up after he hasn't really played any tennis over the last two years, hardly. Um, so I don't know that his body can hold up best of five against a guy that's going to make you play every single point. Two out of three sets on a fast court. It's a little bit of a crapshoot. Maybe you can control the pacing with your serve a little bit. Three out of five sets. That's a different animal. And Medvedev doesn't mind being uh, the villain, right? We saw that at the Open three years ago. He revels in it. He's like, fine, come at me. I'll just compete. I'll make you play. And he's going to hold serve. Kyrgios isn't going to get looks at his serve, uh, which he likes. So I, I like Medvedev. They both don't mind being the villain, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that'd be crazy. <laughs> two bad guys going, right. going against each other. They're not bad guys. Uh, Andy, also here to talk about Swing Vision, the official shot tracking app of Tennis Australia. You're an investor. Andy has, his, has his tentacles in, in, in everything. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us about Swing Vision, Andy. Listen, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, Steve. Uh, when I first met with our, our, our founder, Swapnail, he said he was going to do all these things. I said, listen, I don't know if you will, but it's worth the punt, right? Um, it's about the Grand Slam experience. 
basically to your phone. You can have Hawkeye style line challenges uh, from your wrist. It automatically creates TV quality highlights of a match. Uh, gamified training, you can set target zones. This will massively improve junior and college tennis, not only from a line calling perspective, from a training perspective, from an instant uh, data readout perspective. Uh, Apple demoed it when they announced the iPhone 13. So it's making some really cool headwaves. And I feel like there's been a lane uh, to innovate tennis, uh, not just on the pro level, but at the club level for a long time. And, and Swing is doing that. Okay, Andy, it was, I think it was Andy. last year during the Australian Open, you were telling me about your eyeball test, how when you get to Australia when you were playing, you used to look around the locker room, see who's been putting the hard yards in in the offseason. Yeah. Have you seen a picture of Carlos Alcaraz yet this year? Man, he, he's a different kind of animal. He's, 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 he's been going to the Rafael Nadal school of biceps um, <laughs> since, since we saw him last. That, that, this kid's a real deal. I mean, normally you see someone, they're a prospect, and it's like, okay, maybe two or three years down the line, this this kid could win a major. He has the body for it now. He has the game for it now. He seems to have the belief system now. I don't see a way this guy doesn't finish in the top ten this year, not three years down the road, this year. No, that was the first thing we thought of when we saw yeah. the picture. I was telling Steve, I was like, oh, Andy told me in Australia, I used to always check out who trained hard. I was blown away. It looked like 20 pounds of muscle on this kid. He's straight out of Baywatch. <laughs> He's like the rock. Well, not only that, it's weird. He put up muscle up top, but his legs look leaner and, and, and fitter than they did at the, the U.S. Open. I mean, total package. Yeah, listen, Ferrero doesn't mess around. That guy knows how to work, and he knows how to work someone else out. So... I would have gone out and said, oh, uh, a little Carlos there isn't so little anymore. He, he, he got some guns now. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out in, in Melbourne. Uh, we, we've got more Andy Roddick yes. coming up later on the show. Andy, we're going to talk Rafa. We're going to talk Emma Raducanu, maybe a little Ash Barty as well. Get your thoughts on the women's side. Stay with us. More Andy Roddick on the way. You're watching TC Live. Welcome back to TC Live, presented by Geico. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, the whole group back together. Big John Isner, it's an All-American college tennis matchup, Martina. Georgia, UCLA, Isner, Maxime Cressy. Lots of aces, lots of tie breaks. Lots of aces, lots of double falls from Cressy, but Cressy never faced a break point the whole match. John Isner could not find his way to it. Cressy at the net 128 times, 199 points. There are more than half of his points for one at the net. It was just better off the ground. Once the ball is in play, Cressy played better tennis. I think you know, it would be easier for him to hit the groundies. Uh, and John Isner did all he could to hang in there, but Cressy gets the break here. And the, you know, that's a shot that he should have made, but that's a pressure miss. And uh, Cressy, like I said, never faced a break point. Well, Cressy was himself. never broken, but he, he, he was actually faced nine break points. Oh, Isner was 0 for, for 9 zero. on oh, break I'm points. sorry, yeah. the, the statistics were 0 for 0. So I'm ba my bad. Uh, see, I, we can't watch. I'm only as good as <laughs> the statistics say. But, but so 0 for 9, that's terrible. <laughs> that is, that's, 0 for 9. You yeah. would think he would have gotten one of those, yeah. and that would have been the match, probably. Yeah. Anyhow, that's how tennis goes did with we, big yeah. hitters like that. Did we have a bet? I love that. Did we have a bet on this match yesterday? No. What? No. 
I don't no, know what I'm talking about. You and me picked no, Pressy. Wait, these two yes, picked Isner. Yes. Yes, thank but you. Oh, 0 9. Break the You just said it. You got it. so way. close. <laughs> we did. We that's said four or five cents. I, I got to say, though, all credit. I mean, that's not a lot of serving volume. This is really the first full time serving volume since what, Taylor Dent. Mm. And uh, to get it done, I mean, again, he had a lot of wins coming in to back that up in a best of five. I wonder how much and how different is the exertion going front to back? Every time, Martina. The points are shorter, but the exertion's bigger. It's much more difficult to go front, uh, forward, and put the brakes on because you're doing it with your muscles. If you go side to side, it's the skeleton. So mm. side to side is much, much easier than going forward, stopping, and then pushing again. So physically, it's it's big, big shorter matches, but more exerting physically. He, he's, he's got a decent drive. He's got a check qualifier next. I mean, how much? So now you two are jumping on the Cressy train. How much damage? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Maxime Cressy fan. <laughs> it was five set. It was a battle. Just kidding you. You were texting me all night about this. <laughs> no, uh, how much? How much damage can he can he do in the straw? On these courts yeah. and, and his confidence and it's it's remarkable. And the, the players are not used to feeling that pressure right. every single point. So it, it's a different mentality as well when you have to face that. You know he's either going to chip charge on a second serve or you know you've got to get a return down low. He's very dangerous. I think you misspoke. Ninety-eight points, one in net. Can that be right? No, you did not misspeak that. I mean, that is yep. extraordinary. If you are serving like that and you are winning that many points at the net, we don't, I mean, there, there are no comps here, right? I mean, that's not also the kind of guy you can't practice against, right? You, you can't tell your coach to go start hitting 128-mile-an-hour bombs and come forward 50 times. That's a very dangerous and even player. If you, and even if you start out with not nice rhythm and hitting those passing shots, after a while you, you get out of your rhythm because mm -hmm. you don't get to hit three right. or four ground strokes before you have to hit a passing shot. So it's effective coming to the net. It's more tricky these days, but it still is possible. If Misha Zverev is there with Sasha, he may... Be a practice yeah, partner yeah, for whoever faces Cressy next. Go. Lefty, though. Lefty. Still, yeah. Serving volley. Max Cressy, though. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> he, he proved us wrong, but that's an impressive win. Here's another American. Uh, John Isner may be headed home out of doubles, but there are still Americans left, and here's the highest seated of them. This is uh, Taylor Fritz, who had a very tight first set against Martyr. Look at this. A little bit of, uh, I, I think he's got some... NFL officiating discrepancies here. Uh, that Somebody was a that? close line call, and then Taylor won the first set 7 6, and then really rolled here. Got easier with each successive set. A couple of nice, timely breaks. Took care of business. Very clean match. And listen to this, guys. 48 winners, 17 unforced errors. That's a nice way to start a uh, tournament. 16 aces. You know who he plays next, guys? Well, it could be another young American. Don't give it away, John. Segway. Because Lindsay's got a big highlight coming up. <laughs> Taylor Fritz is going to play the winner of this match. Could be Francis Tiafo taking on Marco Chungaletti. Truck stop Chungaletti. Big foe, by the way, Lindsay. Three and ten in five setters coming into this match. New year, new vibes for Bo. Yeah, this is fun to watch, uh, TFO, and how he competed, and especially down the stretch. And a lot of credit to Truncaletti, who we didn't give a lot of hope to on these quick courts and how well Francis has been playing. But he came to play, and on to a fifth set we go. This is where Francis really stepped it up, able to get a break early in the fifth that relaxed him a bit. But he stayed aggressive throughout this match. Fun to see. And it was the, the emotion out here was so fun. We know that the fans are capped at 50% capacity. It felt like they were all out here watching Francis. <laughs> Big win for fun. He plays Taylor Fritz next. 2-1 Taylor. Haven't met since 2019.
Uh, this is for Two like. in the pros. I'm going to yeah. say probably yeah. like yeah. 10 totally. other times in the Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. grew up they, together. They know, they know each other? Yeah, exactly. By the way, Stevie J, Stevie Johnson also picking yeah. up a win for the Americans in five sets. Women's side, Danielle Collins, the Australian Open. Remember, that's where she made her big splash, Martina. She reached the semifinals back in 2019. Got off to a great start against Caroline Dullahide. Yeah, Caroline's been around for a while, been injured. Uh, big talent. I think we hope for more from her. But uh, Danielle Collins did the breakthrough here a couple of years ago at the Australian Open. And these fast courts should be really good for her as uh, she's such a big hitter on both serves and forehand back end. She moves pretty well. Great footwork there. And uh, she took care of business here against Caroline Dullahide. What do you think about uh, her expectations this year? Dangerous Daniel yeah. Collins. I'm, I'm not sure uh, contender necessarily. Could she make the second week? Absolutely. Is she a player you want to face? Not at all. Yeah, she's spicy. I like it. Shelby Rogers, Collins could be the next opponent. Rogers started well against Anaconya, Lindsay. Yeah, she did. I mean, Shelby has been so improved physically. She's just a beast out there now. A lot of hopes for Shelby in this tournament. Was playing well, and what a solid first set she played. She was using her forehand. She was mixing up her shots well. But a lot of credit to Anaconya. She has come back from a lot of injuries, a couple of elbow surgeries. She continues to fight. And she started to find her game, just ripping groundies from the back of the court, able to hit her way through the second set and the third set. What a battle it was. Shelby kept fighting to hang in there, save some match points late in the set. These two were just hitting the ground strokes so hard, but it was Anaconya who was able to come through in the end. Yeah, finishes it right there, so Shelby goes out in round one. Despite the loss, she's had a career high 36 in the world. Some other scores for Americans. We showed you earlier, Sloan Lewis. How about Haley Baptiste? That was hey. fun. That Picking was up the awesome. win. That's a big win. Yeah. Against Caroline Garcia, former top tenner for sure. Uh, Katie Volleynets goes down. And Robin Anderson, first Grand Slam main draw at the wild card. Stenoser's career yeah. survives, extends. She'll play in the second round now. She'll retire after this tournament. I just want to go back. Shelby Rogers. Beat Sockery coming in, previous major. She beat Ash Barty. She's such a big tournament player. I think that one's got to sting a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a good opportunity for her. We've seen it. Um, but you, we also get, like, a flat match from Shelby every now and then. Mm -hmm. We saw it at the U.S. Open against Raducanu. This is one of those matches where she tried so hard and her attitude's amazing, just didn't quite have her A game when she needed it. I just miss getting seated. So yeah. Hopefully yeah. she can get that ranking up so she gets seated so she don't play tough matches. But uh, yeah, oh. she tried as always. Uh, maybe she played maybe too, too many matches before this. Maybe that's why she was a little flat. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of players are going to really reassess these yeah. two weeks next year. We saw yeah. Coco talk about that and Kokonakis. I mean, it's real, especially this year in COVID times. But you do feel like some players may have overplayed the first two weeks of mm -hmm. the year. Pramming for a final. After the offseason. We shouldn't yeah, start the yeah, season yeah. with a major in the third week. But, no. okay, that's a diff. We'll talk about that. the Daytona 500. Uh, yeah. Rev it up. Big event straight away. <laughs> Madison Keys getting ready to go against Jacqueline uh -huh. Christian. That's Ostapenko, I think. Uh, that, yeah, that's Alona Ostapenko. I was going to say, I don't think Maddie would wear those. You accuse me of wearing that attire. <laughs>
Welcome back to TC Live. A reminder, we're with you every single day of the tournament, 5 p.m. Eastern, two hours to get you ready for first ball. And then Paul Anacone and Brett Haber have you covered with our encore coverage every morning, 7 a.m. Eastern. Paul's going to be happy with that Taylor Fritz victory. This is our segment where we do some parlays and well, we didn't get it yesterday. The DraftKings Sportsbook had our three-way parlay with Andy Murray, Francis Tiafo, Kasparud. They all had to win in straight sets for us to win $1,100. Well, Kasparud, unfortunately, had to withdraw with an ankle injury. The eighth seed didn't even play. And then Murray and Tiafo both went five, John. No straight set wins there. And uh, spare a thought for Kasparud. That is a long way to go not to play a match, just a, a fluke training injury. And this is a guy who... You know, is really playing himself up in the contendership. Top eight seed. Uh, so we talked about Anjabur yesterday. Same sort of situation with Kasparud. Wish him a quick recovery. Tough to get those parlays. We're, we're over yeah, two yeah. so far. What's yeah. today's? Well, today we're going sing no parlay. Oh, it's come just, on. You change it like, on me? We like the parlay. Hus- this, is a, this is a Husker thing, uh, okay? Parlays are like very can to get into them. <laughs> what we got here? Okay. We got Gael Monfils, who is favored against Alexander Bublik. Corda favored against Quarantine Moutet. And then how about Carlos Alcaraz? Massive favorite against wow. Dusan Lajevic. That would be a bet worth taking, I think. Nine to one. Nine to one, yeah. That's, uh, I think that's that's a possibility. Uh, but anyway, Seb Corda. Yeah, I... Oh, what do you yeah, think, Lance? Which one are you taking here? Don't you feel like the uh, the numbers are real? I mean, I think we would all probably pick the bold-faced names. Uh, Corda beats a seed, and that's that's what you get. A, a tricky French lefty is your second foe. Juan Mafis has played, already won a title this year. Those are some interesting numbers, though, aren't they? That, I mean, it must be... That's 900. The sleeveless shirt of Alcaraz is, is just... Hurt? Seduced by the muscle. Yeah. Nine to one. Yeah. Even Monfils, I mean, he's coming off a neck injury. He had to withdraw. I, I don't, All right. And so. then Corda's the smallest favorite. So yeah, pick, I it, of those, yeah. yeah. Against right, Cortine so. Moutet, but yeah. So yeah. what's your underdog? What's your underdog if you had to pick an underdog in those three matches? Which one would you take? Mm, maybe even <laughs> Bublik. Yeah? Yeah. You never know. Yeah. He could come out with a big win. And also, with Gal Monfils, there's a lot of that's, variables, yeah, right? True. Yeah, a lot of variables. Public likes the faster courts. My algorithm would go for, for that one, but uh, clearly they have their own algorithms yeah. for those favorites. I from, don't know. But I agree with Lindsay. Algorithms to Alcaraz. Boy, teenager, <laughs> second round last year, and all of a sudden he's 9-1 he's to one against yeah. a veteran. Uh, that's a lot of respect for the, uh, the young Spaniard with the muscles. We're not talking about Rafa. What, what do you think about Corda? Uh, what are your expectations in this match? Well, the way he played against Nori, and for, for Corda, it actually is pretty good, going from a lefty to another lefty with a father who he grew up playing with, a lefty. Um, but you just never know. For someone who was in a hotel room for seven days, you just always worry about their rhythm day in and day out. If he is healthy and he's feeling good, that is definitely Corda's match to win and win pretty comfortably. But we just don't know physically with Seb. Zip. This- a little scissor kick. I think we're going to see. That's a scissor kick. That's, uh, that's a new signature. That was, uh, what was it, 20, do the math, 20, 24 years ago. We had a quarter win the title. So um, that's that's a good vibe. Remember, he didn't even play this event last year. It, right. right. It's, it, it's, sorry, it's easier to, I think, play your way into the tournament three out of five, but then you get the day off in between. Rather than play a tournament, we may have to play four matches in a row back yeah. to back. So yeah. physically, I think this this pay, pays off well for him. Obviously, he played great against Cam Norris. So yeah. he can keep that up. He's right where he wants to be. I, I love what he did last year. You know, he, he played the lower events. Yeah, exactly. Got all those points. Yep, to right. be here as a big-name player now. Yeah. He got his ranking to a right. career high as opposed to trying to qualify for the event. Yeah, they've been on a, a certain 
plan and yep. they have not deviated from it at all. A couple bumps in the road getting stomach food poisoning at the U.S. Open. He was heartbroken not to be able to play there at full strength, had to with Chire in the first round, then coming into Australia and the COVID test. So he's been having to deal with some adversity, but yep. so happy he was able to play in his first match and, and looking to keep it going. Yep. I can't wait for this segment tomorrow when we find out what Dusan Lajevic did yeah. against Carlos Alcaraz. I know, know something there. I don't know. DraftKings knows. All right. <laughs> we want a parlay tomorrow. Yes, we want a parlay tomorrow. The Grand Slam Oval. Still to come here on TC Live. We're getting warm and fuzzy. Lolo Jones today sits down with Matteo Berrettini. More highlights on the way. And, of course, who knows? Lindsay doesn't know what John Wertheim's stat of the day is yet. Do I? 10 to 1. Live it. <laughs> Dennis Sha this is Dennis Shapovalov. That's not Elena Ostapenko or Madison Keys. That's Dennis Shapovalov. You can tell by the pants. Playing Kwan Soon Woo. Back on TC Live, it is time for our Geico 15-second news update. How about the Canadian Felix Oje Aliassime coming back from two sets to one down? To win his match, that was one of nine men's matches to go the distance, five sets on day two. And you don't want to face Kaya Kanepi early in a major. She's got 14 wins against seeds in the opening two rounds of slams. Well, Matteo Berrettini is on the cover of Icon Magazine wearing a white suit. He's also the new face of Hugo Boss. But the Italian superstar put on some generic slippers to chat with another icon, Lolo Jones, on our Warm and Fuzzy set. You are the first Italian in the Wimbledon final, correct? Yep. How yeah. insane was that? Crazy. If Did I... you go back and there was like a parade, like where people just like yeah. losing their mind? Yeah, yeah. It was a lot, but it was really nice. Yes. Um, I mean, I started the tournament knowing that I could do it, but I didn't know that. You know, like, you feel you can do it, but you're not sure about it. And when I went back to Rome, it was just crazy. Because also the, the soccer team, they won the European Cup, the Euro Cup. So, so you guys celebrated together? Yeah, together in the in Was Rome. it like a parade? or? Yeah, it was a parade, and people were going crazy, and I didn't expect it. It was great. Awesome stuff. We've got so many of these warm and fuzzy interviews with all of your favorite players. Head to Tennis Channel's website and the Tennis Channel app to check them out. When we come back, our top storylines from Australia. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve back on TC Live presented by Geico. Taking a look at our daily schedule. The four of us with you every day. Tennis Channel Live, 5 p.m. Eastern for two hours leading up to live tennis on ESPN+. And then Brett Haber and Paul Anacone have your encore coverage at 7 a.m. Eastern. Of course, there are a lot of big matches coming up today, but we got to get you caught up on everything that happened yesterday, including a couple of the top contenders on the men's side. That means now the highest-ranked player on the men's side, Daniil Medvedev, the last man to win a major, raising his first Grand Slam trophy at the U.S. Open last year. And with Novak Djokovic out, the Russian is the highest-ranked player in the draw, looking to improve on his runner-up showing from 2021. 
Medvedev says he likes pressure, Martina. He did not face a whole lot of it against Henry Laksanen. No, Henry Laksanen ranked 90-something in the world. He really couldn't get in much trouble as Medvedev looked pretty comfortable. I'm glad we get to do these highlights because we can't watch anything it's live because ESPN is behind a paywall. I think I'm going to buy that just for the tournament. That, that's what they're hoping. I can't watch any tennis, <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm looking at it with you guys for the first time. Uh, anyhow, uh, Medvedev in the net 10 of 20 times, just really solid tennis, uh, never lost serve, and uh, just looked really comfortable out there. Just going very business-like uh, performance from uh, Donald Medvedev. Got a little close in the, in the third set, but still straight set win. Medvedev talking about his next opponent. You've heard of him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a character. Uh, and, you know, I think probably like almost everybody in the world, there are some things uh, I adore in what he does and some things I don't like. I'm not going to tell what exactly, but as you say, you know, he's, he's kind of going uh, to extreme almost all the time. He's on court. That's why people uh, love to watch him. Even if they hate him, they love to watch him. And that's, uh, that's his strengths. Um, and uh, yeah, so as I say, not talking about my attitude to him, I think he's a great guy out, out of the court. On court, some things I like, some things I don't. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I can say this probably about many players on tour. <laughs> but get, get Daniil on the couch for the A block, right? It, part of the conversation. Uh, Two-time Australian Open semifinalist Stefano Tsitsipas coming in with some concerns, John, about his elbow. Didn't look to have any issues against Michael Lemur. Yeah, he's got to be really pleased with this because remember, first two weeks of the year, a lot of elbow talk out of Tsitsipas on the near court with the Baskin Robbins top. And uh, no, I mean, you bite your way into a tournament. This is a good way to do it. He's playing an opponent born within a few days. So two, two guys, uh, both 23 years old, but really very little trouble from Tsitsipas. 30 winners served pretty well. He broke serve in each of the three sets. And really, this was two players on two very different planes. And uh, his reward, number 88, Sebastian Baez. So the, uh, the the smooth asphalt payment of the draw is going to match that of the court. Very nice first match for Stefanos. Bill Walton approving that shirt, oh, for sure. Right? Call. Grateful good Dead. Call. It's kind of linear tie-dye. I like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down. I like that. I'm I like down that with that. Ice cream call. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lindsay, what stood out to you about Daniil Medvedev in his match? It's so important for him to kind of – everything's been kind of chaotic for all these players to have to deal with. He just needs to get through his draw, take care of business, never win a major the first week. You can lose it. He got through pretty comfortably. He likes these conditions as well. He's good on a fast court. He's moving well. His serve is going to be very tough to break. He gets a lot of free points on it. I thought it was a perfect first match for him to play, but – Things will get radically different in the second round against Kyrgios. I mean, Kyrgios has the ability to beat anybody at any time, three out of five sets. Maybe not. We'll have to see. But it'll be a circus, and Medvedev will see if he's up for it. It's been a long time since somebody won a major and then backed it up. Nadal hasn't done it. Federer hasn't done it. Novak Djokovic hasn't done it. This could be two in a row, a finalist last year, and the guy who beat him is not in the draw. This Kyrgios match, though, I think temperamentally it's very interesting. But if you were going to look at 128 names on the draw, Who's one player that Nick Kyrgios is not going to be intimidated by antics? i got to say Medvedev right up there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but this is not someone who's going to shy away from Kyrgios' underarm serve and behind-the-back plays. 
Medvedev, I mean, he likes to bring on, bring yeah, it exactly, on to the crowd, exactly. right? So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see if that happens, if they start yelling at him the way you're yelling at Liam Brody. But I like, he, I, I love the way he plays. It's just such a busy racket head, but he always mm -hmm. knows where the, where the point of contact is. But it seems he's a little more clean. The ground strokes are a little bit more clean, which is, is good for him. Not Absolutely. as edgy either. Remember how edgy he was last time he kicked his coach yeah. out and he was all angsty yeah. when he was yeah. playing? Yeah. No. That seems to have left a little bit. I think he it likes has. where he is. Yeah. I think he likes being the top seed in the tournament. I think, yeah. he, I think he'll wear that mantle well. I absolutely agree. And, and I think, Martina, that's a good point. The, the crowd being against him could actually yeah. help him. Right. Exactly. Like, come on. <laughs> On the women's side, we had the most anticipated first-round matchup. You had the reigning U.S. Open champ against the 2017 U.S. Open champ. Emma Raducanu looking for her first win of the year. Sloane Stephens, she just got married. This would not be a honeymoon in the first set, Lindsay. Fastest first set, uh, really almost of all time. 15 minutes, Sloane Stephens won a total of four <laughs> points in that opening set. But credit to Stevens, who early in the second set was able to turn things around. She started just getting more consistent, trying to move a little bit better. She also got used to the pace, not only the speed of the court, but also the pace of Raducanu's ground strokes. Once she was dialed in, she made a match of it. Then she left the court for seven minutes, and all the momentum went down the toilet with her bathroom Literally. break. Nine well, errors in the, yeah, in the first three or four games, and Raducanu able to settle down, gets off to a three-love lead, and then played much better tennis and was able to cruise through that final set. Some good rallies in this match. Raducanu talked about it being a physical battle, but Sloan a little bit underdone. First match of the season, just got married, and Raducanu, man, she wanted this. Look at that reaction. First win at the Australian Open. Sloan has now lost in the first round here in six of her last seven appearances. Let's hear from both of them. I executed my game plan pretty well and was making very little unforced errors. But of course, because Sloane is is a great champion, I mean, she was fighting back in the second set and her defensive skills were pretty inspiring, actually, for me to try and replicate myself later on. Um, so we got into some long rallies and she turned it around. And then in the third set, I'm just glad I could regroup and and uh, make less errors again and play play some good tennis. Um, well, I think obviously the first match of the year is always tough, um, a very tough matchup in playing Emma. And um, I think, yeah, I, I didn't think that I played poorly. Um, I think she just played better today. And I think, um, yeah, like I said, it's the first match of the year for me, so I can't be too disappointed. Well, Martina, we talked about Emma Raducanu and what she was going through coming into this match. How big of a deal was this win for her? I think it was massive. I mean, having lost so many matches, only won two, lost four in her last four tournaments, expectations massive, obviously, everywhere, particularly in the tennis world. And uh, and she handled herself really well, especially after winning a set like that. It's so easy for the opponent to say, okay, no, screw it, I'm, I'm going for it. And and she held her held her own. And I think this is really big for her for, for the rest of the year, actually. So, so go back to Wimbledon where Emma Maraticano has her breakthrough and then she, she had to withdraw. She wins the U.S. Open after qualifying. She wins here. I think Majors Emma Raducanu is a much better player than run-of-the-mill events. Remember, she went 2-4 and four between the U.S. Open and here. Now she beats a major champion. Big win for her. Bit of a strange match. That, that scoreline is not one you see often, but uh, credit her for, for winning a match that you, know, you have a must-win match when you're, when you're a teenager, but that's, that's a big win for her. Yeah, 
it really is. And she's done great these last few months talking about how I'm not really worried about anything. I know it's a long process, but it doesn't matter. You still hear those voices. You mm -hmm. still hear everyone saying, oh, was it a fluke or is she going to play that well again? So this was a big match for her just to get through. You could see it in her reaction. You could see it in her approach. Got to remember, COVID set her back a little bit in late December. So she arrived in Australia not quite ready, didn't play great at all. Obviously, in Sydney, only won one game. But she was ready for this match. I think that says a lot about her and also her mental ability. It's yep. not easy to kind of tune all of that chaos out and still go out and execute with a tough draw at a major. Give her a lot of credit. Yep. Yeah, she's a baller. Uh, gets Danka Kovinich next. So it doesn't get any easier. No, Another solid opponent there for Emma Raducanu. How about the other finalist from the U.S. Open last year? The Canadian, Leila Fernandez, playing Aussie wildcard Madison Inglis. Fernandez has also struggled on court since her run in New York, Martina, and that continued in this match. Leila Fernandez looked really stiff. I think the pressure from getting to the finals of the US Open, the expectations, just didn't move her feet that well. She's, she's such a good mover on the court. She just looked really uh, nervous and, uh, and stressed and had three times as many unforced errors. I think seven winners and like 30-something unforced errors. But it's an English rank, 121 in the world. It's the biggest win of her career. It's another easy miss there for Leila Fernandez. Just didn't have it today. It's interesting. She said, I felt fine, but today was just not my day. The Coco said. Hmm. Yeah, and both lost by the same scoreline, by the way. So Fernandez out of the tournament, 6-4, 6-2. Former Australian Open finalist. Garbina Muguruza looking to win her 10th straight opener in Melbourne. As you predicted, Linz, no trouble with Clara Burrell. Yeah, doesn't Muguruza look good? Martina told us earlier in the week, don't sleep on Bedosa and do not sleep on Muguruza. With her game, but also her mentality, Taking short balls, being able to move forward on this quick court, that is going to serve her well. She's got an aggressive mindset. She's feeling good. She's very fit. When she's focused, we saw at the beginning of last year, we saw at the end of last year, uh, she's looking good. I wouldn't want to bet against her right now. 22 winners, 27 points at net, Muguruza. Elise Cornet coming up for the Spaniard. Meantime, back on the men's side, how about Andy Murray? Back on the same court we, where he announced basically that he would be retiring three years ago, taking on Nicholas Basilashvili. Uh, it was worth the wait. Yeah, they asked Murray if he felt sentimental returning to that court. No. Um, the, the good news, if you're an Andy Murray fan, is uh, this is the third time he's met this opponent the last year. Seated player, Andy Murray played well from the ground. I mean, the bad news is just keep, keep an eye on the scoreline and the time of match in the back of the court because uh, for a guy we, we talk about this all the time how it really behooves him to get through these matches quickly and uh, that has not been the case this was a physical match this was an emotional match this was a real match of contrast when you look at Andy Murray and his composed strategic tennis that's what's really just sometimes he nail shots like that and you say who could beat this guy with this kind of force and this kind of accuracy off the ground other times the guy is missing wildly 99 unforced errors for Basilich Billy. Murray had fewer than half that amount. That's number 99. Murray advances. The bad news, 352. Long match time. The good news, Carol Daniel in the second round. I uh, can't argue with that. First win at the Australian Open since 2017. There's a four-time runner-up in Melbourne, Lindsay. And he said afterward, I would love to have a deep run here if possible. 
What do you think? Yeah, you have to say, why not? I mean, if you're going to pick a seed in the first round, he probably got one that he would want to get through. Now his draw opens up a little bit. John is talking about time on court. And sometimes, though, matches and wins are, are just too big to kind of maybe worry about that if you're Murray. You've got 48 hours to try and recover, to go at it again. This means more to him than anything career-wise. And he wants to do well at a major again. He's so excited to get through. It was fun to watch him out there. It was, it was so interesting. His, his former coach, Jamie Delgado, spoke about a couple of years ago, that montage they played for him, yeah. and him telling Tennis Australia before the match, please don't play this. He wants to try and come back. So I think for Murray, it, it was perfect to be able to go back out on the court, get a win all these years later, and say, I am still going for the titles. Into such a competitor, you just love to see it. And I think if if you look at the dictionary, perseverance, Andy mm. Murray's picture could be there because most would not have even tried to come back. I mean, he played on one leg for a couple of years, but now he's kind of gotten used to it. And what a competitor. I, I, yeah, he could have a deep run here. I'd love to see him uh, win another one or two. Uh, matches, that is. He won't win. Majors one, uh, as well? Probably not. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't well. put it past him. And on this court, it's fast. Yeah. So yeah. it favors the big hitters, which Andy is not, but his big shots pay off on mm. this court. And he's smart enough. He knows, of course, how to play on the faster courts. So this court should be favoring for him. For the match, for the longer matches, particularly, he has not won a best of five match in straight sets since his return. But I, I like what you said, which is so people like me say reflexively, spend a long time on the court. You know, he's, he's got the artificial hip. I, I wonder if this doesn't imbue him with some confidence. Look, I can beat a seed in four hours, and he, you know, he looked relieved, but. Maybe that gives him some, some confidence and some more sense of knowledge about his body. We'll see what he looks like on the next match. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, we've yeah. seen him play long matches, and at the end, you can you almost feel his pain because he looks like physically. I didn't get that sense at all yesterday in that match. Even though we lost the fourth and a breaker had some chances, he was fresher in the fifth than Basilashvili. Mm -hmm. So a lot of credit to Murray. Let's hope he wakes up feeling good. But he knows how to take care of his body. I think he's actually going to be okay physically. I think we need to stop this segment because... Martina's going to download Disney Plus and expense it to Tennis Channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a different one. <laughs> All right, much more still to come here on TC Live. This is the only place where you can get Andy Roddick. We got two segments with the Hall of Famer right here. Don't go anywhere. TC Live, just one member of the big threes in Melbourne. Rafa Nadal playing a major without both Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic for the first time. The 2009 Australian Open champ trying to become the third man in the Open era to win the title at age 35 or older. It would also be his 90th career title. Just picked up number 89. Uh, so, Andy, let's talk about this guy who can break the all-time men's Grand Slam record. Is that not being discussed enough? No one's talking about it, right? Everyone's talking about Novak in the lead-up. Oh, by the way, we have another guy. Even though the one guy with 20 ain't going to get to 21 this tournament, we still have a guy, Rafa Nadal, who is looking at his 21st Grand Slam title, and no one's even mentioning it, right? We list the favorites. Like, oh, Medvedev, Zverev. Meanwhile, how do you fly under the radar when you're going for the all-time slams record? It is happening in real time with Rafa. Don't sleep on him here. Did you see Rafa's hot shot from yesterday? Rafa's a joke. Like I, I was one of the guys. I was one of the guys who said this. His body's gonna fall apart at like 30 years old. I was just projecting on myself. But you, this is this is what he does. You have to execute oh, points like this, and you don't win them sometimes. And that's the stuff you look for early in a tournament. Is he getting off the mark fast? 
and quickly. Look how fast he goes and then flicks it at the last minute. That's trouble for most people in the world. Yeah, uh, on the women's side, Ash Barty, the favorite, uh, the better's favorite to win the title here. Is she yours? And what do you think of her game on this surface? And how will she handle the crowd expectation? Yeah, and, and that's to be seen. I remember she played a very tentative semifinal a couple years ago against uh, Sophia Kennan. Looked like the pressure got to her a little bit. It, it, she, it, tons has happened since then with Ash Barty, right? Winning majors, being number one, dealing with different pressure sets. The thing that impresses me about her the most is she doesn't need the reps. It's almost kind of like Serena, right, where she can take four months off, start again, and win a tournament right out of the gate. Uh, the best all-around player in the world. But when Naomi Osaka pulls out of a small event before a major, basically says, I'm good, I have the matches, that's an intimidating thing that she is pulling over and over again. I cannot wait to see that fourth-round matchup. I say whoever wins that wins the tournament. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay, got to ask you about Emma Raducanu. Played her best match that we've seen since the U.S. Open in last night's defeat of Sloan, uh, her beating Sloan Stevens. She looked good. What do you think for her in this tournament? I can't overstate how important I think this match was for Raducanu, especially after getting beat 0-1 uh, in the lead-up tournament. You know, it feels like she just couldn't get going after the U.S. Open with media uh, obligations, with new sponsorship deals, uh, with the questions of, listen, is she someone who's going to win a bunch of slams? Is she someone who's 50 in the world, 20 in the world, 10 in the world? Where is it going to net out? To get that win over a really, really uh, tough opponent early on with the spotlight on, I think will do wonders for her moving forward, not only in this tournament, but even for the first third or first quarter uh, of this year. I cannot state how big of a win that was for Emma Raducanu. By the way, it's her first third set she's ever played in a Grand Slam, <laughs> even though she's won a major. Yeah, Megan, our Australian Open debut. Yeah. Last time she was in Australia, she was a junior and lost in the first round of juniors, which is nuts. Does she end this year, Andy, uh, at a ranking higher or lower than it's at right now? I think she ends up higher. She has nothing to defend. Uh, one of the things that's most impressive that doesn't get talked about enough with her, her footwork is so good. You never see her hit like an awkward shot, right, where she's off balance or lunging or leaning. I was watching uh, some of the stills from a practice session. She is so in rhythm with her footwork. And I only say that to say when your footwork is that good, you rarely see players who have that good of footwork who go into prolonged slumps, right? Everything is on pace. The rhythm is there. She'll find it again. I just think she needed that confidence. This win against Sloan, when it was like a popcorn match from a first round, maybe the best thing that happens to her moving forward. I thought it was a great performance. Yeah, you could see her reaction for just a first round victory. You knew it meant the world yep. to her. Just circling back to Osaka, you, you talked about her with Ash Barty. One thing that's really struck us watching her in Melbourne so far is her ease at talking to the press again and doing interviews. What, it seems like she's in a great headspace to play as well as her game. Between her and Barty, who do you give the edge to? Uh, listen, I, the reason I love this matchup is they don't play the same, right? Osaka is one of the few players in the world that can actually go through her, and we still need to see what the first week presents. I think Barty is, is a lock to get to the fourth round. Osaka, we just don't know. We haven't seen enough matches, but... When she gets going, the serve is going to bother Barty. The fact that she can just take it through her. Is Barty just going to rely on the chip if it leaves Osaka in the middle of the court? Those are all the questions that I can't wait to see. But listen, Naomi Osaka, one of the best things that happened to her was that the fact that she had zero attention on her coming back in Australia. This Novak story kind of overlooked, overtook everything. 
I bet that was great for Osaka on a personal level. Didn't have a lot of media attention in the lead-up. I think that's good for her. She could get her game settled before she actually has to face the media later on in the tournament. That, that's a great point. Uh, we really want to see that fourth-round yep. matchup. Yes. Uh, biggest question, Andy. Will we be seeing you in person this year? Yeah, come on. Uh, I, Steve, I, all you had to do was ask. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got a couch for you now. I mean, like... <laughs> I will, I will see you in person sometime this year, Steve. How's that? There you go. It's a win. That's a win. You've got 11 We've got it on months. tape. It's on tape. <laughs> so you, you can't take it back now. Uh, Andy, great to see your face. Great to hear from you. Uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. You guys are the best. Thank you. <laughs> the legend, Andy Roddick, making his predictions here on TC Live. We've got much more to talk about as we lead you up to first ball on day three in Melbourne. Back on TC Live, taking a look at some big matchups for the American women head-to-head. Bernarda Parent taking on Jesse Pagula. Allie Risk, she's been playing really well of late, taking on Yelena Ostapenko, Maddie Keyes against the Romanian, Jack-O-Lantern Christiane. Remember her last year? And Amanda Anisimova taking on Belinda Bencic on the men's side. Tommy Paul, Miamir Ketsmanovic, Mackie McDonald taking on the Lion, Aslan Karatsev, Riley Opelka against the German, Dominic Kepfer, and Sebi Korda battling Quarantine Mutet, the rapper. Uh, we've got a new guest with us on set, joining the Hall of Famers, yes. oh, Lulu <laughs> Navratilova. Lulu's Welcome, Lulu her, Navratilova. She'll be making guest appearances. Yeah, making private programs. I've seen her media credentials. She's got yeah. a lot of majors She's under got her belt. She's got she goes everywhere. <laughs> and she normally <laughs> cannot go to Australia, Steve. Why is that? Because of quarantine. quarantine. Oh, She's right. been to England. You can do England if you have the paperwork, mm. which she does. She's been she always there. comes to Paris. But Paris, she's there every time. I had a hard time this yeah. year, this yeah. last year, getting her through. We got you. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to no. get a oh pass. God. They wouldn't accept <laughs> yes. the pass. It's like, what? I have the dog pass. No. Visa <laughs> denied. Visa <laughs> denied. She's our Lulu. She's, yeah, she's just been vaccinated, and uh, she wears a mask. It's a very long mask. Well, she's going to start making picks. I guess not today, but eventually. <laughs> like Mackie McDonald. Little, little <laughs> Are we sure we're going to get treats? <laughs> okay, you have a couple. Come on, let's go talk. We'll have a treat oh, for Mackie. We'll already. have a treat for Aslan. Yeah, which one? Yeah, and which, right. which one does she does she bite? Left paw not if nervous, you like uh. Belinda Benjic. Mm. There we go. <laughs> uh, John, who do you like in this one? Mackie and uh, Karatsev. Uh, I, you know, Karatsev, I think, is we're looking forward to seeing him play Nadal in week two. I think. You know, Mackie can play these long matches. He can play best of five matches. They've never played before these two. Karatsev, again, here's a guy who was outside the top 100 a year ago. Now he's inside as a top 20 seed. He'll be the favorite. But Mackie is a good big stage player, and I think he can handle the power. I, I think this is definitely not going to be a straight setter, I'll tell you that. Hmm. It's on Karatsev's racket. Let's put it that yeah. way. Uh, if he's on, he will win. If he's a little bit off, Mackie can pull it out. Yeah, maybe some fatigue. Of coming off yep. of, of the good yeah, lucky win. To get by yeah, the week before and then a good first round match. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, on the women's side, Ali Risk was in the final last week, beat Donna Vekic, two and two. Yeah. How about Ostapenko? That's a, gosh, that's a tough match. Huh, Martina? Second round? 
Yeah, well, Stepenko again, such a big hitter. She's so hit and miss, and uh, that outfit is a miss. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Allison likes the faster court. Yeah, she likes when the ball comes surface, onto her racket. Surface, yeah. She's yeah. smart. She'll comes to the she'll come to the net and put the ball away there. So Ali, I think it's a good got a mm -hmm. good opportunity for her. And and, and Lulu agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, Lulu's going alley risk, friend of the show. You think so? Um, you know, it's so hard with Ostapenko because yep. she can beat. She's the the best on any yeah. given day, and then you watch her and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Uh, so it's hard to ever know with Ostapenko, but when she's on and the game's clicking, but I think risk the confidence from Adelaide and the ball staying mm -hmm. so low, I think she'll come through as well. I, I agree with you and Martina and Lulu. Good Learned for your you. lesson. Uh, <laughs> Uh, how about Tommy Paul taking on me and Mir Ketsmanovic? TP at a career high, 41 in the world. Uh, they played once before. It went to Ketsmanovic. Indoor hardcore, a little different. Ketsmanovic has uh, made some donations to the Morrison re-election campaign <laughs> from what we hear. Uh, it's been an interesting week for Ketsmanovic. I mean, imagine that. You think you might be playing not only Novak Djokovic, nighttime champion, but in these circumstances. Think about what he went through mentally and then obviously finds out it's a much different scenario. We should be talking more about Tommy Paul. I'm not sure this is necessarily his best surface, this slick court, but uh, I, I think Tommy Paul's got a real shot here. Yeah. Agreed. He runs mm -hmm. down a lot of balls. I love the way he moves on the court. He's just so light on his feet. I think it's a great opportunity for him, obviously. Should have been Djokovic, but it's not. So he's great, another one that try. would be like all of a sudden his draw opened yep. up yeah, as well exactly. for Tommy Paul. And coming through with that huge group of Americans, maybe it's taken him a couple of years later to break through mm -hmm. and play his best game. But he has been much improved over right. the past year. And, and I think Tommy Paul, a different player to play Ketsmanovic in this these circumstances today than in previous right. years. Ended the year strong, won that title yeah. in stock. Yeah, I feel like yeah, he's going to break the top 25 this year. Tommy Paul. Okay. Strong prediction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's not sure if anyone agrees. We're just letting that sit let's there. Let's go back. <laughs> okay. Lulu? Yeah. yeah. What does Lulu say? Licking the paw. So I think. <laughs> magic, magic eight ball. Here. I think that could be a yes. That could be a yes. Uh, right. We've got an all-American matchup on the women's side. Bernardo Pera, Jesse Pagula. Pera just fell out of the top 100. Yep. Uh, and, of course, Pagula made the quarterfinals here last year. Coming off a long three-setter. Long three-setter. That was a, a huge win for Pagula just to get through that. You're backing up such a huge result from the year before. Didn't play her best, got through, but it's a good draw. I mean, when you're playing someone in the second round that's fallen out of the top 100, Para, when she's playing well and using that lefty ability and hitting through the court, if she's not confident, though, Shots are much different. So we'll see if Para, maybe she feels a little free in this match and has mm. nothing to lose. But Pagula, if she can play her A game, that, that's definitely her match to get through in straight. I agree. I have nothing to add. Thank you. Steve will argue. No, I, I, I'm on that one. <laughs> Just because you don't think Tommy Paul's going to be top 25. You go back to the major where you had your breakthrough. Not only is it a vibe thing, but you're also defending a lot of points. That was a big third set for Jesse Pagula. And I think now that takes some of the pressure off. Uh, apparently, we found Madison Keys. The yes. real, yeah. well, the real Madison yes. Keys. Oh, that's her. Please stand yes. up. Come on, Keys. Is she texting you right now? I'll look. <laughs> What's the game plan against Christiane? It, it, it's going to be a tough one. Christiane hits hard. Yeah. She is a slapper. Maddie's got to be ready. All right, in the social net today. How about this? Proud dad, Alexis Ohanian. There is little Olympia. Boom. Perfect follow through. Oh. Yeah, wow. look at that follow through. Exactly. We're okay. not sure if her mom's been hitting a lot of tennis balls, but I'm telling you she has. Could you don't think of that for her. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Without a few practice sessions.
Is that the same back end or does she yeah, just yeah, the same it's, yeah, it's, it's the same, same one replay. It's, it's just the one loop. Okay. No, 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 but I thought it's, you meant that Serena's back. That's uh it's almost more of a weight Venus. transfer. It's more of a Venus weight transfer though, isn't it? You can't see where the hands are like if, aunt, if the hands are dropped a little like bit her, like Venus, you know? It's like our aunt's backhand. But uh, no, we can talk next week about when we'll see mom. I've tried to play I many so. red ball tennis oh, yeah, right, shots right. with my girls. And? and? That one looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> Proud pop-up. Uh, Serena also re retweeted that, put that on her Instagram as well. Hey, it's Ostapenko. Oh, no. Dropping <laughs> <laughs> <Ruffing> it off. <laughs> the TRX. See? He likes the joke. Yellow thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Rafa. Back on TC Live, presented by Geico. It is that time. John Wertheim, stat of the day. What do you have for us, John? Man, zoots allures, uh, as we say in Indiana. Um, we didn't talk about one match from yesterday. That was Richard Gasquet, age 35, beating this guy, Ugo Umber, 23-year-old. Look at this record. He beat Medvedev, right? Yeah. ATP Cup. ATP Cup, 7-6 in the third. That was his 14th win against only 12 defeats against guys in the top 20. That's pretty impressive, right? Mm -hmm. Winning record <laughs> against guys in the top 20. Whoa! He has a worse record against guys 21 and down than he does against guys in the top 20. Yesterday held, here's a player, a lot of dangerous player again. Beat Medvedev's had a lot of big wins. Um, lost to Richard Gasquet. Curious result, but uh, it conforms to the math. So Ugo and Bear, uh, you don't want to play him if you're really, really good. And if you're middle of the pack, you got a chance. 50-50 chance. Could be like, you know, he grew up looking up to Gasquet, top 10 player, fellow Frenchman. I don't know. Beautiful backhand. It's, uh, it's a curious record. Forget that match, but the record overall is extremely curious. Usually it's right? lopsided. You know, like you have a really winning record, and then top 20, eh, maybe 5 and 15 or something like that. It's, right. He's completely even. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, this, this guy was a seeded player, and for his career, he's about 500. Riley Opelka has won you know, barely 50%. It doesn't take that much to be a top player. Here we go. This is the hot shot, Lindsay. This reminds me of you. Oh, First check this out. service game. He's pulling out this. You think he was trying to get the crowd going early? Look at that. Where was he playing, Lindsay? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Make fun of me, Steve. Be a long did, uh, two weeks. Did win the point. Yeah, he won the point. come on. I, did, I mean, that's sick. What do you guys Underhanded sick. serve. Come on. I'm all yes. in for an underhanded serve. Underhanded between the legs, no. I, I totally. And by the way, he might have default, uh, foot faulted because he's over the center service line with his racket. You it think, should have been a you fault. You think that's a 10, ten yard taunting penalty? <laughs> should have been a fault. <laughs> Here's what we have on Rod Laver Arena today, starting with Paula Bedosa, then Ash Barty, Rafa Nadal, Naomi Osaka, and Sasha Zverev. Let's talk about it. It's a turnaround for Bedosa. Yeah, right. Second night match well, the other night. It's not Martina Navratilova. It's not Martina Hingis. It's, it's Martina Trevisan. Yeah. No, I know. I just I mean, she played. I know she had a day off, but still, when you finish past midnight, it's tough. You right. don't really go to sleep till 3 or yeah. 4. You do very little in the day to then get up the next day at 6 a.m. Yeah. to get ready for an 11 a.m. match. She's a, she's a warrior, though. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's getting more her, tape. Yeah. This is the 50th win since the beginning of 2021 that she's going for. This is a player who's really done a lot of winning. Look at that. Uh, a lot of tape, but we've seen that for months and months. I mean, that, that's yep. preventative. That is not uh, recent. 
Uh, Rafa Nadal looking to reach the third round for the 16th time here. His opponent has never reached the third round at a major, Yannick Hoffman. But he's a Trojan. Fight on. Uh, what do you expect from Rafa today? I think a great draw for Rafa. Yeah. And this is kind of what he needed to get back into the flow with three out of five sets. He's got the smaller title in Melbourne under his belt. First round, he looked great against Giron. He'll be, he'll be good today. Same. There yeah, agree. Martina yeah, agrees he, with he, everything. Chris Tom that Novak and, 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 and Roger are not in the draw for, for Rafa, right. so he has got to be one of the one of the contenders here. Only one at one time, he would love to get that two twice yeah. around the, the world oh, slam. So he's yeah, in Melbourne a it's, long it's, time yeah. too. I mean he started the year there, good. so exactly. Very comfortable with the surroundings. Naomi, I'm going to start with you on this okay. one so that, you so know, that Lindsay can agree with you or not. Agree, no. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Osaka, Madison Brangle. We talked about the other day. Uh, Brangle, one winner in a three-set win. Over, under, one winner today for Brangle. Uh, over. <laughs> okay. I'll definitely go over. I'll go on a limb here. But, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah. this is Osaka's match to win or lose, and she looks fantastic so far in Australia. So, yeah, Osaka right. in two sets. That's what you're going to make me disagree yeah, exactly. with. Maybe right. three or four I'm winners. Still I'm still zero no, winners. I'm saying you can agree. I think no. she's going winnerless. Uh, no. <laughs> she, uh, she, she does have one win over Osaka long time ago, 2013. It, not that's the only time they ever play. It's just one and zero against Naomi Osaka. on this fast court. Head to head, head to head. I typically throw away <laughs> results right. after about two or three years. Now eight, you're going back eight, eight nine. to nine. <laughs> nine. <laughs> How about this? Alexander Zverev has never lost against a player at their home slam. He's one and zero against Aussies in Australia. Four and zero against Americans at the U.S. Open. Three and zero against the French at Roland Garros. He's taking on John Millman today. Second night, second match in a row. He's a second night match on Labor. You think Rafa's saying? Um, no, thank you. I'd like to be the day match. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that's what Rafa gets, because uh, Rafa gets what yep. Rafa asked for. <laughs> for Martina, Lindsay, John, and Lulu. Yes. <laughs> I'm Steve. Thanks for watching TC Live. More Lulu tomorrow. Of course, you can see us again 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Paul and Brett have our encore coverage at 7 a.m. Eastern. Enjoy the tennis in Australia.